Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode one of the 22-23 season. Uh, familiar faces. You've got me, James. We've got John. Hi, John. Hi, James. Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, James. Got Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, James. Where are you, Connor? You look like you're in a garage. <laughs> no, I'm in my flat, where I always oh, am. I'm always it's here. lovely. It's really nice. Thanks, mate. I was going to say, you've just described it as a garage, so that, that's great. I, can, that's I mean, I can see a crappy-looking microwave and bikes everywhere, so... Yeah, mate, it's a studio flat. What can I do? Students, thanks for students. thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks. Not not anymore, John. Full time employed now, mate. So not anymore. Coming back to England in T minus twenty six days. So I will soon be back on the right side of the Irish Sea. I was going to say the tourist board in Ireland wouldn't be happy to hear you're counting down the hours. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. Believe me. So not long now until I'll be able to actually attend some Oxford games this season, which I'm very excited for. Lovely stuff. As I'm sure we Jack- all are. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what has the summer treated you to thus far? Um, two weddings, three stag do's and a massive ankle from an infected insect bite. Uh, what was the insect? <laughs> That's why I don't know. It was in, actually, it was in York on Saturday. I got bitten, and now it looks like I've been hitting myself with a golf club. Wow. Okay. We do have some tropical breeds of um, spider lurking around the town. Um, John, any? Can you beat that? Nipped Not really. By a scorpion, perhaps? No, but I have been wearing <laughs> my Oxford United training kit a lot over summer. It's been to Jubilee celebrations. It's been to Village Fates, whatever. And I've got the glance probably about once saying, ah, interesting club logo. Out are, you sure, are you sure it was that glance or was it the ones being like, ah, oh, I wonder who's looking after him today. A big guy in his, in his football shirt. I mean, I yeah, I get that a lot. So. Um, but in other news, I'm also off to Ireland week after next so I can do a bit of scouting, get the transfer window moving. Nice. Ooh. Okay. So it's all good. Where are you going, John? Whereabouts? Uh, the lakes. So South right. Ireland. I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. an island. Yeah, I was going to say, that's Lake District. <laughs> it's close, though, you know. So it's going the right yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, John, John's obviously good at geography. Right. <laughs> um, I was actually going to say the I same I can tell you thing. the exact place and you won't have heard of it. So what's the point? I'm well off. You don't know my, my Irish geography is not bad, you know. I've lived there well, long I'm enough. Not, I'm not telling anymore. Right. I'm fine. With fine. Three let's and a half move, minutes on. in. Three and a half minutes in to the pod. Oh, it's worth noting. There's a, a new pod came on the scene since we've last done one. Has anyone listened to it? <laughs> I've listened to every episode. I personally listened to every episode. I, I think it's really good. When I first saw there was another pod, I was like, "Oh no, there's just you know, it's a busy market here." But they they're talking to oh, yeah. loads of ex players. <laughs> I, I was really busy and people talking about behind the badge. Yeah, yeah behind the like, badge. I quite like the mix they've had on so far. Um, Matt Murphy one, I would have liked to. It was a, nice to hear from him. I, I thought there was so much more. Um, he's, I bet you could tell his story. I bet that could have been a two hour with Matt Murphy, I'm sure. Really? I thought Burgess talked really, really well. Matt Murphy seemed just a little bit more, just, yeah, not enough meat to the stories when, like you say, there could have been more. But then, um, what was the other one? Ian Atkins. I didn't really know too much about that phase at the club so i was really interested to listen back to it and stuff and then um the kelvin thomas one's really good i think Ian is always a good one because we all at the time had a somewhat 
view of him and over time it's it's morphed a bit really and it's his which is nice and he sort of he talks in a good way and um i'm sure the um I was about to say Calvin Harris. Uh, <laughs> That'd be a one, very different term. Yeah, um, one will be um, interesting because you just want the inside, don't you? Yeah, I remember with Ian Atkins, they kept, they did the thing that I swear we've done when we've had guests on at times, where we've been like, "Remember in that three-two game away at, you know, Dorchester when there was that corner at that time?" And then they're like, Ian Atkins was like, "No, I mean, I trust you that that happened, but I don't remember any of it." But when you've covered that many games of football, you must be, you know, us as fans probably remember these things, especially if your name's Jack, more vividly. Anyway, should we move on to summer news? Special section. I wish we had a jingle. Um, Cameron Brannigan caught some of the biggest fish I've ever seen in my life. Connor, were you impressed with the the scale? Yeah, that's some big fish. I think um, only bodes well for him staying, hopefully. You know, decent fish in Oxfordshire. Keep him happy. Yeah, and did you see the the post that went with it where Brannigan put on Instagram, pond builders yeah. in Oxford, get yeah. in contact if you can. So, Jack, yeah. that, that can only mean one thing. He's, he's going to build a massive pond or big reservoir type thing in his garden and staying in Oxford. Obviously. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, in other news, Asamoah Jan was at the Bowlplex, John. Thoughts? <laughs> I I have none. I mean, it's, it's a turn-up, and thankfully we've not been linked with him because we've been linked with <laughs> other poor options. But he wasn't that. He's not that old, though, is he? Asamoah, I was surprised. I assumed he'd be like fifty by now, but he's like thirty-eight or something. But he was Ghana's one of Ghana's finest. Yeah, I mean, he kind of he emerged at one of the World Cups, wasn't it? And then he sort of did the whole big money move to the Middle East or something like that. That's it. He was playing in the game, wasn't it, when Suarez did that handball on the line and then got sent off and then celebrated <laughs> yeah. before running down the tunnel when they missed a penalty. <laughs> anyway, um, next bit of news. And this is kind of maybe going to take us on to a new feature, similar to what we did with... Um, what was it? Was it just kind of when you run into random Oxford fans in different places? But this is a different turn where you kind of run into either current or former players in unknown situations. And Connor, you've got a story for us, haven't you? Yeah, I have. <clears throat> so uh, very recently, my brother, uh, his wife and his two kids had just moved house. So uh, congratulations to them. And uh, during this house move, they needed some uh, some new beds. And uh, obviously, you know, my dad was on hand to, to help out with the move. And uh, the, these beds were being delivered by a company from Abingdon, so Abingdon Beds. And uh, upon arrival of, of, of the new bed, uh, Ryan Clark popped his head out of the van and uh, continued to help my dad and my brother sort the, sort the new beds out. So uh, my dad was extremely pleased um, to see Ryan Clark. And there's a great photo of them together, which I'm sure we'll share on Twitter at some point. But I have to say, I was extremely jealous of this because Ryan Clark is probably my all-time favourite Oxford player. Um, I know some people might raise their eyebrows at that, but he uh, he did a lot for me when I was a kid. He's good. I've got a pair of his gloves signed, you know, when I was a goalkeeper myself when I was younger, and I always looked up to him. So I was kind of a bit jealous of this, to be fair. But it was uh, seemed like a really nice bloke from what my dad was saying. So uh, and did your dad story. keep it together? Like, did he maintain calm? Or <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. I, I I mean, I can only speak to what my brother said, and my brother would say no. So uh, there was a little bit star star uh, starstruck. 
I think. But uh, it's quite nice. It's nice, nice touch, isn't it? You know, when you bump into ex-players and all that. But but um, Clarky's playing at um, he's still playing at Bath at the moment, part time. So he's uh, obviously working at having the beds at times. over. Yeah, I looked in. I mean, Bath's not that close, is it? So I'm wondering. No, if not he, really. I wonder if he still lives near Oxford and then just goes yeah, he, there. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he does. He does live. He just lives in Oxfordshire still. Yeah, that was that probably, was one of the information that my dad gleaned from him. Yeah. Oh. I'll just say Bobby Ford played for Bath City at some point. <laughs> All right. Random. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just, I just like talking about Bobby Ford. Um, I wonder, like, yeah. So yeah. If, if anyone's got any other stories of random players you've or ex-players that you've come across that are now in the trade, um, then let us know. I wonder if you could trade of craft... delivery beds specifically. Well, yeah, trade. But didn't Bino, Bino was fitting some windows at one point, wasn't he? At some stage, I reckon you could maybe get if you were building a new house, you could probably try and wangle it so you could get a full cast of ex Oxford United players to help with the job. But we'll have to yeah, see. Elliot Moore would um, sort the uh, carbon neutral house yeah. stuff out, wouldn't he? It's quite impressed with that, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, For most people, this is going to go straight over their heads because they've not seen it, anything on twitter or anything have they so we should probably just move on <laughs> elliot moore is is looking at property development in the oxfordshire area uh looking at with a big focus on being carbon neutral or efficient or whatever it is there you go but yeah, good to get ahead of the game the, yeah maybe you should give tips to the new stadium designers and all that sort of stuff as well yeah could be working um so there was some uh images shared of the training pitch uh, sorry, training pitch, training ground, um, but it looked it looked epic. To be fair, so I, I definitely I'm hoping that it's something that's going to encourage uh, kind of a different level of player to be coming and joining us in the future. Um, Gone well so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Bangkok glass, glass uh, training yeah. center. Yeah. Bangkok glass, coconut milk. So what's what's the next venture that we're going to go into? Yeah, what was that thing around Viradi? I know no, I don't even remember this guy. So this was George, one of the Yorkshire Yellows. So his dad was out in Malaga and met Imre Varadi, who was apparently a player that was on loan with us for five games back in 1993. A journeyman forward, he's been described at. And uh, he claims to have played with uh, Kevin Keegan at Newcastle, which just about checks out from his biography but another person that informed us that the chant the london road had for him after only five games was to the theme of um to the tune of the stingray theme so it would have been imre imre da, 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 which i think for someone who's had five games on loan that's very clever so i'm trying I, to think of a yeah a current like another player that we've had um what was the guy that scored the last goal away at peterborough when we won 4-1 Oh, I can't remember. Can you think Jack? It's your time to shine, Jack. Come <laughs> on, the, Alba- the Albania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mimeti. Mimeti. Oh, Mimeti. Well, so it's, yeah. it's, it's the equivalent of like Mimeti having a chant, probably, isn't it? I don't know. Or Ricky Sappleton. Or someone <laughs> like that. Anyway. Um, Jerome Sinclair has a fried chicken shop. That was another piece of news. We went, there was a big kind of hunt on company's house to try and establish whether this was true, which I thought was cool. But then Jack, you got really into it and I was starting to, <laughs> wasn't sure. 
I got challenged on whether it was true. Adam Slade started digging into his previous companies that have all been dissolved, and then we discovered <laughs> that his current venture is a fast food chain. And that's why he's very tired. And he did say, have an Instagram this, this post that said he liked chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we should, I, <laughs> should we um, talk about something potentially no, no, more no. worthwhile for everyone else? We're 13 minutes <laughs> in, this is going really well. It's a brand new season. Um, Same old us. Yeah, let's talk about... Actually, on a, ser- on a serious note, um, on Tuesday we're playing West Brom at home um, and it's all the money raised from that's going to go to Joey Beecham's um, girls and also go some of that's going to go towards mental health charities. So um, even if you're not going, you can buy a ticket and on the site it allows you to select a donation amount to contribute as well. So people, please go and have a look at that. Um, and then, yeah. That's the news section done. I think we did a terrible job of that, but hopefully people enjoyed it. Um, here's some positive stuff. Let's talk about the new kit that we're all really excited about that doesn't exist. I was going to say, positive. <laughs> What's going on uh, there? Well, didn't KR say, after, was it after or during the Oxford City game that the, the like Macron have not sorted the kit out yet, so they basically just found like a, a yellow training top and just slapped an Oxford badge on it? I'm surprised they the even bothered to put a badge kit? on it. They even yeah. had the nice numbers with the little locks on the back, which I thought were really nice. Yeah. Um, and then the kit we're playing in tonight against Eastleigh, yeah. the navy blue one looks quite nice, actually. But again, that one's not going to be not going to be the kit. So they're keeping us guessing, aren't they? They could yeah. have spun it as like a throwback kit, you know, to the before sponsor days or whatever. But it is all yeah. a bit random. It, it's, yeah. it's a bit strange. Yeah, I would have kind of owned it, I think. Jack, when you're saying they might auction... All the kits off potentially. There was definitely some piece about um, we'll be wearing a temporary kit during pre-season, and then there will be um, ventures that will be revealed for people to have the opportunity to buy them. So I assume that comes in the form of a charity auction or something. That's cool. I bet that guy who runs Ox Kits is having a, a hernia at the moment. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just trying to dig into his savings. Having to every every game, there's a new kit that will never be worn again. <clears throat> yeah, I think we um we obviously know that um EB charging are no longer going to be our sponsor for this season. So um should we place bets on who the new sponsor is? I think I think we all have an idea of who that might be. Jack. Do we? <laughs> do, you <laughs> do, do you not? It's gotta be no, surely um... it's gotta be it's gotta be uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Moller? Is that how you say it? I thought oh, you say like animalities. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Moller? No, the team. It might be. Yeah. Someone did. What it was seen on the bottom of the season ticket renewal, um, like, thank you for renewing that one of their shows was featured amongst the sponsors. So that could be a hint. Yeah. Well, they're a Taiwanese company, aren't they? So there's obviously links there. Um, I thought it might so. have been um, Planet No, Indonesian, IT. sorry. Indonesian, not Taiwanese. My bad. Um, well, Planet IT would be local business, wouldn't it? That would be nicer, I think, for most of the people from Oxfordshire. But obviously, football is no longer just a local sport, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, if if you, the listener, have an idea on what the sponsor could be, please get in touch with us on the Tip Manor podcast on Twitter. We do seem to struggle, like most years, to to get a sponsor, and and then you look at some other teams have got like quite established sponsors. 
of quite reputable brands it's a bit of a funny one really i don't well think... we're moving hopefully moving towards kidlington so allison's animals is a nice pet shop that'd be good <laughs> random <laughs> random plug yeah. i'm sure someone listening knows allison's animals please get in touch um there was a bit of a weird thing, wasn't there? And at the time, I read a bunch of articles around it and went on the forum. But that Benny Wonder guy, um, who's from West Papa, and then I started reading about and learning about the Indo- Indonesian and West Papa independence um, thing and loads of stuff that where Oxford was kind of not, what was it, kind of supporting this guy. And then there seems to be some strange links between um, the whole takeover and then considering if that was anything to do with um, the West Papa independence push. But did any of you guys read that? It's been a few weeks, hasn't it, since that all came out? And then there was a few articles. It wasn't it even in the national press. Yeah, that's yeah. where Telegraph it's, or that's something. where it <clears throat> spanned yeah. from. It um, yeah, it was a national journalist that decided to run with it kind of against a backdrop of the stadium and things but yeah for the yeah so it says for the past 20 years oxford's been the home to west papa's exiled independence leader wonder benny wonder and the headquarters of his global campaign etc 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 but there seemed to be a lot of um yeah ill taste between the two things but i guess we just don't think about that anymore we'll talk about it because i don't i'm too ignorant to know, to say much more but it just seemed interesting and then a lot of people went into a bit of depth to say it was you know it would be a lawful lot of money to be spending on a club just to shut one bloke up type thing which kind of makes sense um on well, the given, state well given he doesn't have control in indonesia he's almost just sort of exiled and it's probably one of these things that the council, any local council sort of signs yeah. up to or kind of gets involved with and doesn't. And then it comes to a head in things like this where it actually gets semi-serious um, when they kind of money's put on the table to sponsor an event or make a local event viable and they have to make the choice. And this is one of these nice to do things that they trot out once a year and don't take too seriously until it's viable, not dumbing yeah. the cause down whatsoever. Don't mean, don't mean that at all, but it's, it's just a nice little it will create some tensions for some local councillors, politicians that have probably stood next to this guy with their arm round him and you might have to make decisions around the stadium, but not you wouldn't think an awful amount. Yeah. Um <clears throat> on the stadium front, the there was a website that's been set up, so OUFCstadium.co.uk, which is a positive sign. There's a little logo and everything to go with it. Um but yeah, hopefully that's going to be full of lots of rich news stories imminently. It's it's positive they, were, quiet. they were just putting resource into getting people on the ground and actually, you know, cliche, but going door to door and almost like you would do if it was an election, you'd be there going, right, where are, are these people pro or negative and can they be persuaded? And because, you know, there was some, there's some terrible leaflets you see doing the rounds on social media where it's kind of, a picture of a load of hooligans and saying, oh, this is what's coming to Kidlington and real sort of scaremongering, throwing awful stereotypes into the mix. And it's all, it's pretty basic and you don't think many people would really buy it, but it's almost as fear-mongering about something that fundamentally we were at an early stage about going into negotiations around like, I think it's great the club's doing the engagement now at a really early stage and then we'll do it again and again and again as we get through to planning. Um, 
but it's yeah it's definitely another and seems like another well thought out step anyway what is the next step does anyone know so it's still it's still to have these private ne- negotiations with the council about what a potential lease might look like for the ground get to that hurdle and then it's formal planning and i think um i forget the name of the md but he was saying well we need to have sort of a planning application in by the end of this year i think to try and meet the time yeah line. to meet 2026 2026 yes. so the clock's ticking isn't it now definitely yeah there'll be a will come to head quite quickly these next yeah. six 12 months will be critical but planning could take that could take a long time so we just got to keep getting that evidence base of support for it okay um football stuff everyone's favorite topic pre-season um so we played oxford city we beat them 4-1 brannigan got a couple of goals um we then went to north lee was, did you see anyone see the pictures of matty taylor when he signed for north lee it's weird. His hair was receding massively at the, <laughs> a very young age, and now has got a nice, beautiful haircut. That That's was the thing that struck me the most. Yeah, I was going to say. With every goal he scores, his hair grows. Um, <laughs> beat Northley three one. Then we went to Banbury. Wasn't that like a double header, wasn't it? And then we played. Um, yeah, same day. Yeah, played Banbury, beat them two one, and then played Hungerford Town and uh, the big standout moment here beat after beating them 2-1 our second goal jack um it was a nice goal wasn't it by um the young thai chap ben davis and we've got to acknowledge the bizarre <laughs> nature of the tw- the thai twitter following that's latching on to anything he does yeah so our, our social media department stats will be going through the roof which will probably get churned out at some point as a progression thing but um, i noticed tonight as well when he came on as sub People started retweeting it and talking about Benny Boy and all the rest of the things that he's getting. So, I mean, at this rate, it's going to be in our registered squad, isn't he? So, it might be a, a thing across the entire season. I was going to say, what do you reckon his role? How old is he? He was, he was Il, on. Il, Cla- Il Class is an over 21. So, he either gets registered or he needs to go on loan, presumably. Yeah. He was on is Fulham's it... books, wasn't he? Before. Yeah. I imagine probably the latter, Jack. Either that or just stick around to play Carabao Cup. Is he a, is he a left back slash left wing back? Or am I making that up? He's set in the mid, isn't he? Right winger. <laughs> <laughs> well, he scored the, go- the goal he <laughs> scored, which, by the way, it's a really nice goal, wasn't it? But he cut in from the right wing and then curled it with his left foot into uh, the top corner. Off the back of a corner, though. So yeah, it true. could have been anywhere on the pitch. Right. Well, it sounds like we don't know. So yeah, basically, we know absolutely nothing about Ben Davis other than he has good support on Twitter and he scored a banger. That's basically yeah. as much as we know about Ben Davis. Uh, other <clears throat> interesting thing from the Hungerford game was that um, Jerome Sinclair. Uh, we're obviously going to get onto transfers and stuff in a second, anyway. But uh, he, he's on trial with the club. We've talked about his chicken shop. Um, he played a little bit the other night, didn't it? In another game prior to it, was it? I think it was Banbury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Banbury. And then yeah. he played the first half, and then it said he was missing the game through fatigue. Was he on the? Was he anywhere near the team tonight? No, not at all. No, no. And then didn't 
I mean, yeah. I I get it because he's not played football for a year. So suddenly coming back and training full time, then he's going to be tired, just like we eased McNally and etc. And it came from part time and stepped up to full time. And we're easing Gorin, who's not played for a while, back to it. So I've got no problem if they're making sure his trial is worthwhile by not overloading him. I. My problem is I don't understand why we're trialing him in the first place, but yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that they're I'm, being sensible. I'm in the exact same boat as you, Jack. I've, I find out of all the players we've been linked to, and I mean we'll go on to Jordy Jones as well in a minute, but I'm uh, I'm not convinced with this Jerome um, Sinclair kind of trial situation. I just find if we're really genuinely trying to improve the squad, I'm not quite sure he'll be the right player to do that, especially given his goal scoring record. Um, Say it's awful. Yeah. It is awful. It's absolutely atrocious, and he's got he's like four goals in eighty odd games, isn't it? Yeah, and, he, and he's played. Yeah. He's played like down the middle. Like it's not like he's some sort yeah. of striker that is actually a quasi winger. He's yeah. yeah. He played. He and definitely the... has played on the right at certain times. But he um, he I have a memory. Didn't he score against Warsaw? Yeah, he scored. That... Yeah, the, the sort of kept us up. Well, it wasn't technically. Yeah, kept maybe us that's up maybe that's why I was still feeling okay. About it, but well, I think it's just odd when when we've heard from K- KR and the club that the budget's been increased that we're looking at a free agent who hasn't played for a year to come in as a third choice striker, fourth choice striker. When yeah, if I, he I don't know if he rings up KR odd. and says, look, because he's got a relationship with him, and says, look, can I come and train with you to keep fit for a bit? That's fine, but we're sort of positioning it as a little bit more than that. So yeah, yeah. and we've lost out on probably lost out on James Norwood, and then you're going to. Jerome Sinclair, which is, yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, KR obviously spoke about how he wanted he wanted a winger, or didn't he want didn't he want someone who can play down the middle but can also play out wide? So, if Jer- Jerome Sinclair would technically fit that bill, but I'm not convinced he's still got he hasn't got the quality to be that player that we actually need that will actually be able to improve the squad. I mean, obviously we we can only judge him off what we've seen previously. You know, We're not there with him day in, day out, but but still, I'm not convinced personally. And like I say, I find it interesting. If the budget's been increased and yet we're still going for free agents, then you, it does kind of wonder whether or not that's actually the case. Well, there should be a room in the Kasama in the training ground that has a whiteboard that has five players for every position already identified. And let's assume that Sinclair was not on that list. Yeah. End yeah. of sentence. Fair. <laughs> uh... Let's stick with um, the squad and transfers and we'll move back to look at fixtures and stuff uh, in, a, in a minute. So we've lost Sykes to Bristol City. That was fine. All their social media stuff was making me laugh. Interested to see how he gets on and what his attitude's like when he's there. Hopefully he flops. <laughs> oh, it's your ex-lover. <laughs> the full U-turn. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that's <laughs> often the way it is with, with ex-lovers, isn't it, John? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> John shrugging his shoulders for anyone who can't see us. Yeah. <laughs> um, McNally joins Burnley for Jerome said like almost two million. I think one point six was muted yeah. at one point, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I'm, we're all happy for McNally, right? Deserves that. Thirty-three games or whatever it was. Yeah. It's, it's ins- great business. Insane. It is great. It is, um, it is unbelievable business. To be honest with you, you're right. It is a shame. Because I would have loved to have seen another season out of him, but also you've got it, to look at it from his position. It w- it's a it's a dream move for someone like him, especially with Vincent Company going in there. 
I think he'll improve no end. I think I think McNally will 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 go quite hurt in the game. To be honest with you, I jump it jumping would, around. A little, nice. Sorry, Jack. Go on. No, I was going to say it would be nice to sign a centre back and get more than a season out of them, wouldn't it? Because that's yeah. Atkinson and McNally now in consecutive consecutive years, and obviously the biggest. I don't mind getting players, developing them. You know the model, so to speak, but this time we don't have the replacement in the building, and so it becomes a bigger concern than usual. I think. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it is we, great, we it is moved, great business. Yeah, I mean, we moved quite quickly to get Brown through the door, didn't we? In terms of the signing him on a free from Cardiff, which I think is a good bit of business. I think I think we can all agree on that, particularly his performances towards the back end of last season. I don't think it's like too much to get. I don't think he's like. Particularly, I think he's a good player, and I think we saw some good mm. performances. I don't think he comes in and makes our defence like particularly scary to an opposition. No, 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 I agree. And that's why we but, need, you know, the, the new centre back that's apparently all done yeah. and dusted, and possibly yeah. another and another. Um, what I thought was interesting. I think he comes in to replace. He comes in to replace Musa, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like when Musa is going to retire, I imagine imminently. Yeah, and he and he's and next. he can play left back he's as well. Like, I, yeah. If we've got him on the basis of his semi-squad player for two positions, great. Not, not, not a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting with McNally that KR basically seemed to say that playing three at the back this season isn't now going to happen just because McNally left, which seems quite a quite a, a swerve away from you know one player. But that's that's all. It'll yeah, be based on who we recruit, though, won't it? Like, if we get... It's Findlay, isn't it? Stuart Findlay that seems to be the the deal that's pretty much done. Which yeah. feels like we've gone back in time three years or something when that first kicked off. <laughs> but if you... I, I I don't think it's fair to not be psyched about Kieran Brown. Because even in that really tough spell at the back end of last season, the, you know, the Plymouth away game... Um, Oh God, where did we go after that? I've kind of repressed all memories. Morecambe, that was all it. Those he, he was Rotherham still, well. he was our best player. He was our best player in yeah. sequential games. Um, and you know, I don't know. I just, I just think he's. I do think it makes our defense look tougher and not as nice and friendly. And the our like uh, the long balls defense, coming in. Was our defense ever like nice? What I mean more I is we on nice, paper, but anyway. But yeah, I, know, I think the three saying... in the back thing is is right, John, because I do think yeah. the losing McNally in terms of the athleticism that he brings and his ball carrying ability per ninety must have been through the roof, which is one of the reasons why he probably got snapped up. So, you know, we don't have a player like that now. So I do think we'll probably be going back to two, you know, not two at the back. You know what I mean? Two centre halves, four at the back. Yeah. But like I say, if if we depend, yeah, it could depend, James, on who we recruit, what system we play. But equally, if it's too late to be kind of drilling three at the back into a because it's a completely different way of playing so sort of feels a bit too late to that yeah it seemed I was kind of on board with like let's match up more teams this season as many of the top teams were playing that system last time so yeah it seems like we're going to be back to 4-3-3 which is fine but it it will still be the same challenges Admittedly, with hopefully slightly more balanced options in midfield this season, so maybe that's not something to get worked up about. But yeah, true, and it's it's good that he can cover a left back if needed. But obviously, we'll get on to what we think we need gaps wise. Um, William Ryan Williams, Rhino, 
Willow, whatever we're meant to call him, went Ryan to Ab- Perth Glory Jack. <laughs> Happy, sad? I was sad. It, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because it kind of came out of nowhere, but there was all that very loose speculation in January. I now can't hear Connor, by the way. I didn't say anything. No, sorry. Because you're going like that. <laughs> because you're, you're going like that as if you were saying something. No, no, I've got a great... I'm going to interject now because this is the perfect opportunity. I have another good story Perfect. about. I have another good story about meeting people. My uh, my mate, my mate Chad. He'll, he'll appreciate the shout out. He bumped into um, he bumped into Ryan Williams in Oxford um, two days after he signed for for Perth and had a chat with him. And basically, he Ryan Williams was like absolutely made up that he had got the deal done, not because he wanted to leave Oxford, but because he wanted to move back home with his family because he's not been home with them for years. So, I think for all parties, I think it was probably the right move for him. Which is which is great. It's kind of sad to see him go in terms of his performances, but but I think um, for, for all parties, it was the it was the right move for him. So that was quite nice. So actually, I've just come up with two stories in this podcast. About that story was people that was not people. as good. Chad. Oh fuck it, fucking hell! I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so you meeting any Oxford players, James? I know, I know, but you know, well, your family members, going or friends, back, going, going back to Australia. You got you know, any, that's that's obviously why he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what did you, you cut, excited you about Jack. Jack, do you want to finish your point? Thanks for that, Connor. Um, no, actually, there's probably no point. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, I'll, right, cover it all. I'll line up a, a, a section for you in the, after the next one. Um, Gavin White. Has Gavin White signed anywhere? He's just staying at Cardiff for now, isn't he? He hasn't gone. Yeah, he scored and assisted in pre-season for them last night. Although they've signed like three wingers. So it wouldn't surprise me if we were trying for him. But wages, I imagine, might be the issue. Yeah. Holland's gone to MK Dons. Apparently, we offered him a deal. Is that true? Yes, we did. Interesting. I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> Bryce, could you imagine the meltdown that you'd have had, James, if we were to sign Nathan Holland? No, I, don't, I, don't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. No way. Captain Dwindle, was it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not upset. I, I, I wouldn't we have been. Have recordings. We have evidence of you slating him for like a yeah, whole I have season evidence. straight. The highlights of his football games. <laughs> I'm not surprised um, he's got a good club because he, he's one of those where like. Imagine you can put a highlight reel together moments, yeah, pretty moments. easily. And he's one of those players that also people will go, well, he needs to be in a good team. Like, There's no point in him being in a in an average team or a team that's more physical or whatever. But it is a bit... Yeah, it must be that I think someone's pointed out he's got links to the, the manager there from before. And I guess fresh start from Oxford and it probably does make sense for him to be there. But I kind of feel like he's going to kick on, but it won't be our fault. <laughs> It's just going to be one of those things. Mm, we'll have to see. It'll be, it, he's going to a side that play good football as well, so it's going to be interesting to see what what he does. Part of me, you know, I <laughs> you obviously want him to kind of do well, but also I don't at the same time. Um, anyway, well, we don't because they'll be up there. So let's yeah. let's be brutal. Right. Let's be brutal. I just I, what got me about him as well is he never he was like twenty two, twenty three, right? He he's so. You know, if he comes up against like Kieran Brown on the left back, you'd he could get crunched. I just always thought he needed to get a bit of weight on him and stuff as well. Anyway, move on, James. Move on. He's gone. Um, he's move gone. On. 
Sam Winnell's been linked to Grimsby. Uh, Jamie oh, Hansen has not been linked anywhere. Um, That's all right, Jack though, because he's at contract. So it's okay. I don't know. Maybe he's working in um, the chicken shop. Uh, <laughs> Joel Cooper. That's <laughs> brutal, isn't it? That's horrible. Um, Joel Cooper went back to Linfield. Um, and then Herbie Kane... Is uh, I, I I forgot about her because I say it's gone very quiet. Not even a sniff of Kr hinting at or talking about him, unless I've missed something. No, but he's he played he's played some minutes now for Barnsley in preseason. Um, and they they had an interview, like a feature with him on the website. And I started to think if they're starting to do stuff like that, it's probably unlikely. It's kind of what we do. thought, though, isn't it? That and yeah, he he also seems to have refound his hair going back to Barnsley. Yeah. the North does that though. It helps. Does it? I don't know. It's not helping me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So that's all the players that have kind of shipped out. What What do people think we need as a priority? Like, Connor, what are your priorities signing-wise gaps that we still need to fill? KR's <coughs> just come out this evening at Eastleigh and said he wants mm-hmm. us to make six signings. Six signings. What, what are your six? Six. Um, left Quick back. Fire. Yeah. Left back. Centre back, DM, two wingers, one striker slash winger. Six. No right back. No right, but you're no happy right with back. Sam Long. No right back. I'm happy with Sam Long and and um, forward as backup. Yes. As Left right as me. right backs or as right right wing backs or either uh, right right backs. Okay, John. What are you saying? John's face was not happy with my with my analysis <laughs> there. Now he's going to come in and crunch me. Go figuratively. Um, <laughs> left back, right back, central midfielder, defensive, uh, one winger, one striker. Do I need to have another one? Oh, and another centre back. I was going to say, you weren't going to say centre back, I was going to question you about your uh, brown. Oh, well, I mean, having, <laughs> we, might have, we might have to have another winger if we're going to play 4 3 3 because you get back yeah. to the situation of needing two for each side a la last season. Um, but equally, I'm. I'm struggling to see how Bowden gets in the team. If, really? Um, in, well, you in kind the of. Hole? Well, Gorin will find Gorin, the striker. With it, well, if it's four three three, it's Brannigan, Gorin, and then it's McGuane or Bowden, isn't it? But then, that's sort of. Well, I suppose that's a slight improvement from last season. But... Bowden, Bowden was, should definitely be getting minutes. I expect they'll, they'll find a way to get him in the side if he's. Yeah, he should, no, he should be yeah, because he's just just a bit of a maverick. But I suppose the whole Cam Brannigan thing is we're kind of talking like he's staying, and maybe that's the twist. But yeah, I think I think Brown no, going all over the place. Brown is one of those he'll start whatever formation we play. So he kind of Marcus Brown that is Marcus yeah. Brown, yeah. So yeah. anyway, those are my six, possibly seven, and. Right, so Jack, do you think left back needs to be a starting left back? Yeah. Left back needs to be someone who can play as a left back and doesn't want to wander off. Um, I don't think we'll sign a right back, but I'm not happy with long and forward as the choices. But because they exist, I don't think we'll sign one. Centre backs are given because we can't be in a position where Moose has to come in and play 10 games. Um, do you think the centre back, by the way, that we sign, 
Well, if it is Finley, do you think it's him and Elliot Moore and Brown is either playing yeah. left back or we sign a left back that goes left back? Yeah, I I think Brown is the the bench player, assuming Finley or a another of similar status comes in. Yeah, I think Seddon, um, I think Seddon's going to get the game time. I completely forgot about Seddon. I generally think Seddon's going. He'll, he'll have another. He'll have another opportunity this year. I'm sure he will. He must be in the in the thoughts. Must be. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I think Jack. we signed two wingers just because we lost White. Williams, Holland, Sykes played out wide sometimes, so you've arguably lost four and have got what? Brown as a kind of proper pace option out wide. Would anyone else play wide really? Doubt Goodrum will get a look in unless we're not signing anyone else. So I think two wingers will come in. And then if Sinclair's on trial, then we clearly want a striker. So Yeah. Yeah. O O'Sheen Smith is the wild card. In all this, you yeah. kind of get the sense that I mean, it's kind of like you don't want to rely on him as being our option because he's a relative gamble to put into the team. But you get the sense that he's got something there, but yeah, you can claim to have an assessment beyond that, really. Well, he's probably he's probably holding the shirt at the minute ahead of Goring because obviously Goring's still being eased back into it. So yeah. I'd be very surprised. I'd be very surprised if Goring, having not played many minutes, gets thrown in against Derby and what. Will generally be quite a competitive game, but and this is why you need the other centre midfield. Yeah, that sort of an all rounder type that we've banged on about before. That's I mean, happy to do a bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously where the Tyler Morton names come up as well, isn't it? As a potential player who's been linked with us. For anybody who doesn't know, he's a nineteen-year-old from Liverpool. CDM. Yeah, although Jurgen Klopp's been raving about him in the media yeah. today, so. I can't, yeah, exactly. I don't know whether a League One move would stay on the cards. I want a gritty yeah. monster who's six foot one. Like you're not going to get just, one. I know, probably Rotter. not. Maybe a thing doesn't exist in the game anymore. But just someone who can just be authoritative in the middle of the park and then just give the ball to Brannigan or McQueen and just. I mean, that is Goran, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but slightly. Just if he's fit. There is there is a subtle, slight difference to a player than than Gorin. It's. Yeah, Goran's not a progressive ball carrier, is he? No. So yeah, but anyway, I think I, I think I think our main priorities have got to be well. After the centre back comes in, it has to be wingers. I don't understand what our team is anymore. I'm just looking at the the kind of <laughs> sheet. I, I know we need some six, but it's kind of we're called Oxford United. So in midfield, we'd have Brannigan. A Gorin or a, a Smith. So Smith's a holding, holding midfielder, type thing. Not. I think he's, he's less, a of, less of a holder than Gorin, but yeah, he's, less, he's, less yeah. of a hold dweller. Yeah. Um, hold dweller. And then you've got, uh, <laughs> but so then also, it, where we were most successful for at least like a three-game spell was when we had both Baldock and Taylor playing up alongside each other. So then yeah. what do you kind of do with like wingers? Like do, does Bowden sit behind them? Where does Brown this uh, I, think, I don't really you, understand. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna three, a lot. Right? Yeah. But in the absence of that, I think you're gonna end up seeing Baldock playing kind of on the left of the of a three. Yeah, I think oh. so. I, I think we'll also see we'll also see Brown down the middle as well this year, I think. 
that's kind of going back to like Jack Midson days though, where you've got kind of a not a tradition he hasn't got a lot of pace, Bulldog, has he? I thought he's more like a poachery type striker. Yeah, his spatial awareness is very good. He's pretty good at holding the ball up and he connected well with Taylor last season. So I don't think we need to worry too much about tactics at this point. I think we'll I think once the signings are through the door we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, develop a right. develop an idea of what of what KR wants to do with the squad this year to see if it's much different to it last year. And it has to be in some capacity, doesn't it? You can't stand still in football. So and I don't mean that literally. <laughs> yeah, the the team the team tonight was um Ford right back, Moore and Brown centre back, Seddon left back, Henry McGuane and Brannigan as I guess as a three with Bowden, Taylor and Brown up yeah. top or something. Um because well, that would have been a diamond. Maybe, yeah, I was just thinking that. It could have been a diamond. Interesting. Your point around pace stands, and this is why Long and Ford don't have a huge amount of pace. Seddon is as we know, unless he's got the right cover, we'll get exposed. But ultimately in that team, only Brown, possibly McGuane, carrying the ball has got any sort of pace. Yeah. Do you know what I really valued listening to um Kelvin Thomas on the on the um God, what's the what's it called again? Behind the badge. Behind the badge, sorry. He he talked about in the 2009-10 season when we got out of the conference that, that they went after leaders they went after people with you know leadership who had either been captains at previous clubs or just had those personalities to make sure we could get the job done type thing be interesting to look at the squad once this window's over to see who you pick out as those types of players as well because we need we need it you know we've had We've been that close with the playoffs. We've had a really poor run at the end of the season. We kind of not bottled it, but you know, couldn't get it done. And it's I imagine you really, you really need that sort of player in the conference. Lots of those sort of players in the conference. I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying it's probably not as much of a big deal. You probably just want four or five. Whereas I got the sense that it was like basically we need every position to be just yeah. an absolute leader. I mean, I do think we've got a few of those already anyway, to be honest. I mean, you can pinpoint more. You can pinpoint Brannigan. You can look at Henry, I don't, I just, Taylor, Morris, Moore is a leader. Moore's definitely not. Like, no, Moore, I've, well, how, let's be honest with you. How do you actually know that? You only see what you see on the pitch. You don't know what he's like in the dressing room. He's the club captain, for Christ's sake. He has to be something. What, yeah, but what you see on so, the pitch definitely tells you something, not, doesn't it? That's not everything, though. So I... Yeah. I, I, I I don't agree with that analogy, personally. I think there's a lot more to it than just on the pitch. And I think Elliot Moore clearly has something about him, because if he didn't, why would he be the club captain? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely fair. It's just, I think it's the rotary Brannigan getting pissed off and... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's personality, though, isn't it? That's not always the only only way to motivate people. Sometimes you need a cool head. You need Chris Hargreaves with his long locks coming in and... (laughs) <laughs> just going hey guys let's do this um people we've signed then so it's a weird one isn't it because Baldock's um signed two-year contract Gorin's obviously re-signed I think it was a one-year deal Bowden's come in on a two-year deal um Elliot Moore signed a three-year deal as we've just been talking about so all really good business to get all of that over the line do you know what's also encouraging is that this preseason, we've not had any sort of injuries. So, oh, McGuane has had. <laughs> Jack's got his head in his hands. All B, all B, but like, <laughs> McGuane has had, you know, 
cliche a full preseason for the first time in three years. Bowden's a bit like that, and he's not had anything. Bulldog's kind of the same. Taylor doesn't seem to get injured anymore, which is great. Um, oh. I feel like I can. You all should need to come Stop back it. and shoot me after this. But <laughs> I don't know. The, the lack of injuries um, is quite a positive with all those three, four, three or four players as well. I cut this section out of the podcast, John. Just <laughs> yeah. Jinx <laughs> us. Um, right. Other people. We talked a little bit about Jody Jones. Um, weird one. So he came to Spain with us to... Where were we? Marbella. It looked quite nice. The football centre. Came So came over there. Uh, we kind of hung out with... Um, what's that guy called? Lee Ryan from Blue and all that stuff. And then he came back to the UK and then he went off to Reading to play. Did He, he played a game for them, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then obviously they were like, nah. And he's then back now playing games for us. It was strange. So he kind of did all the training with us, then went there without even playing a, a game. So we never actually saw him properly put his boots on. But has anyone got any insight? I know he's had three serious knee injuries, and that's about all I know about the guy. Well, he was a very good player at Dagenham, which is why Coventry took him when they did. And then I don't think he's ever had the opportunity to show consistently how good he is at that level because he's had, in my opinion, what is just complete sheer bad luck in having three ACLs. It, and I, I, I've had this conversation with other people. Does that make an injury prone? I don't know. Someone like Winnell and Hanson who had eight different injuries in the same season is yeah. more of an injury prone definition for me than a bloke who's done a major yeah. trauma injury three times, which is pretty unheard of, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I completely agree. Um, I'd completely be quite agree happy if we signed him on a Bowden style pay as you play type deal. Um, it's apparently scored a really good goal tonight. So he's, you know, you don't you don't lose talent. It's just yeah. can he stay fit? I um, think so. I I'd have him. Yeah, ACLs well. are about um, kind of speed and sort of endurance as well. Like you can lose speed basically through ACLs and stuff like that, and confidence, reaction time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think to be honest with you, whatever the outcome is with Jordy Jones, or Jody Jones, however you say his name, that. It's uh, it's a credit to him to be back on a football pitch. To be honest with you, after those injuries at twenty four years old, to be pushing to try and get a contract at a league, a decent one, League One team, he's done exceptionally well because that is that is a rough, a rough uh, few years he must have had. So fair play to him if he's gonna if he does sign a contract with us. And I think obviously the last couple of nights where he played last night as well, got an assist from a corner for Oshin's goal, and then. Um, Sort of score tonight, so we're showing some some promise clearly. And again, we need a winger, so you know maybe maybe he is the option. I just don't I don't think one it's of one you can get you can get excited about if we do sign him or, or not because he's obviously going to be it's just make or break with him, won't it? But it's sort of part of me just think, well, again, is this the pool we're fishing in? Whereas other teams, all right, bigger budgets probably than us are just kind of firing in players left, right, and center that. We don't know whether we're near any of them, but yeah. it does seem yeah. to be a bit of a sort of, is this the best we can look at? I, I was saying that I started a bit of a thread on the Yorkshire Yellows chat at one point, just thinking about when have we kind of seen a player smash it in the league below or whatever, and then gone in for them and just committed, you know, 
I, I, yeah. People did have some ideas. For whatever reason, Tom Craddock came to my mind. And I remember just... Because I remember being genuinely excited about that. Because he was obviously at Luton, still quite a big club, and he'd notched like 24 goals the season before. And it's that type of thing where you have people coming in that have had a really good season the season before or been involved in some success. And I know what you mean. It doesn't feel like we fish in those ponds. And even we was, aren't we still looking at Nicky Cadden, for example, at, who's at Forest Green and we're in competition with Barnsley. And it's like, well, he's, he's signed, he's signed, he's signed Barnsley. Barnsley. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Well, that, that's the type of, that's the type of player though, that I kind of was hoping that we'd see a bit of, you know, more of. Um, not always just gam. I suppose a lot of it, what we do is gambles. And to be fair to KR and the club, a lot of it is paid off. Um, well, but- I don't. I mean, it's not always all just gambles. I mean, it'll be funny the scouting network and oh, of the course, data yeah, that's sorry, involved in all these to- transfers now again nowadays are through the roof. You know, you know what I mean, though. I guess gambling in terms of players, particularly from different leagues, big, like big injury records, the Irish leagues, all that sort of thing as well. Yeah. I mean, some of them have paid off, it, it, some of them haven't. But I guess that's the nature with every football club, isn't it, really? It is, it is interesting, though, what, what you're saying, James, because I think of, like, League Two last year, you had Dom Telford, who was top goal scorer. And granted, he's now signed for Crawley and they've got the whole cryptocurrency takeover and shed loads of money. But that's the kind of player you'd... As a free agent, you'd think, blimey, we surely we're pinging the contract towards him. You know, he might he might not make the step up to League One, but there's a kind of little risk factor. But you're right; we haven't signed a kind of I'll use League Two as example, as we're the, the, the level above. We haven't signed like a top player from League Two. Yeah, we don't that as you say, your exact words. We don't seem to fish in those waters at all for for whatever reason that is. The one that kept coming back to me was that Tishy Manga guy that was at Oxford City. They just kept. So didn't you say he got injured in January? Yet he had. 26 goals for was it Boreham? No, where was he? Just yeah. I think um, seen, we've seen those kind of players in the past, they, they're basically raw players, and it's just like almost dumb luck if they convert if it to works. It or not. But uh, yeah, it's, it's annoying because ultimately we can't pay Ipswich level wages in this league or Chef Wednesday wages. Um, some players will just go, Well, that's a good pitch, but they're going to pay me three grand more a week, so. Some of it we just yeah. can't compete with, but that's where the clever recruitment comes in. And uh, yeah, it can all change in a week or so, but it yeah, it's to, I think, but it's still late in and squad development and galvanizing all that sort of stuff that's I, not happening now. I think also one thing you've got to remember is give it a couple of weeks' time when clubs have to register their first their first squads for the season. You'll start to see in the Championship and in the Premier League, clubs that are willing to let certain players go because they're not registered before, obviously, the end of the window. So the market will be far more open in two weeks' time than it is now. So even if things are not done now, just like last season when we brought in, you know, Gavin White quite late, you know, I think I think there's still going to be movement made quite late in the window. And I know yeah. people will go, people will always turn around and say, well, you should have got things done earlier, but that's not, it's not always how it works. It's not. It's not something that they can just magically, you know, speak to an agent and be like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll have him come in. Here's the money done." For the it's majority not, of signings, like absolutely, it's a bit of some one thing causes another, causes another, and that's players. It's a bit like a, it's a bit like selling a house. But then for others, 
moves do happen like six nine months in a a, that's also that's also involved in agents as well agents can be funny and you know in these relationships they can either store things or move them along quicker so depending on how well we're dealing with players agents you know that almost would be another thing but yeah i i feel i still think we'll come good we'll come good in the window i'm sure we will we always we have i say we always have done but we have we have always signed good you know decent players in the last few years i think we've only gone strength to strength i think yeah we've we've got enough this season i have faith We've got enough of a spine of a squad already to build on, I think. Yeah. So, um, I think we have enough fin- pool as well. You know, we've got enough enough pool to bring players in. Sorry, we have the pool. James, we do. Um, Findlay, though, we, we talked about before, tried to sign him a while back. He went to the US for 300,000 quid, apparently. And then it, it sounds like that, that deal's nearly done. So KR's going to finally get, get his man there, it looks like. He's got a Scotland cap. And he's in that one game. He got a goal and an assist and a clean sheet. That's not a bad way to mark your international debut. It was against San Marino, but I think it's better. I bet he doesn't tell people that it was against San Marino. He just says that he has one cap, one goal, hundred percent conversion rate. Right. Um, anyway, he looks like a player, so let's hope hope that gets over the line. Uh, Tyler Morton, you mentioned already. Um, Who's the Simmons guy from Birmingham? So that just something one of the Sheffield papers, Chef Wednesday after him, and we were quoted as being in for him as well. The young young striker from Birmingham who started his career at Man City. Like loan deal so, type thing, or I think he's available to leave Birmingham because they're in a bit of a funny takeover situation. Uh, yeah. But it's a bit bit of a random link to be a, another local newspaper quoting. So God, you never know; did, it might be an agent. Thinking of that funny takeover situation, and did you hear the guy arguing with Simon Jordan, <laughs> who's meant to be taking over Birmingham? If you haven't, it's not the time. Ta- I, I just came across it on Twitter, but I forget the guy's name now. It's so, is it Bassini? Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Really. Yeah, he, yeah. It's so cringe. It's so cringe. He like basically calls Simon Jordan out for a million pound boxing match because um, he gets he gets so offended with everything he says. Anyway, um, other things that are going on. Who's put most of the notes in here? Because this is why I think Jack, I called you out in the notes to say, can you do a summary of uh, what's been going on across the rest of the league? Yeah, so I, I I would just make I've just made the general point that we don't seem to be finalising deals that were linked with across the year uh, across the summer, and we've seen players go elsewhere. Um, so has our recruitment process evolved over KR's time here, or have we ended up going behind some clubs and using MK as the example, um, who've got a kind of sporting director who seems to be able to clinch the deals, whereas we seem to have a recruitment team, and then KR's left to finish it all off, if you like. I still don't quite understand why he was a scouting in Ireland on Friday night ahead of a friendly in Oxford on Saturday or whatever. Like, yeah. Surely, yeah, that just seems strange. Surely you're going over to get a deal done, not to watch a match if you're close to a player. I don't know. Um, and then I think you mentioned, James, about oh, what, what's happened elsewhere in the league. Quite a few teams have made quite a... A handful of decent signings, I think, and it's hard to judge, obviously, because we're kind of lacking, lagging behind in that aspect. Where where that'll put us? But I thought Ipswich getting Ladapo from Rotherham on a free yeah, was a, I saw that. That yeah. a nice. good bit of business. Even someone like Bristol Rovers, who obviously come up from League Two, they've signed John Marquis. 
Um, Jordan Rossiter from Fleetwood as well, who I really like as a as a DM. He, I wouldn't have minded someone like that. Um, Chef Wednesday, well, obviously. Right? Yeah, allegedly in for Norwood. Yeah. Then you've got, obviously, Derby, Chef Wednesday, throwing money at players who've played in the Premier League. And Derby just signed James Collins tonight, the striker, used to be at Luton. So there's a lot of... Uh, Bolton fancy know, themselves as well this season, it seems. Yeah, it does... It's going to be 10, nobody's, 10, 12 teams thinks they can get in that top six again. No one's talking about uh, Project uh, Vengeance or Peterborough, yeah, as they're commonly known, but they probably come down with pretty much the same team as they had in the championship. Have they imagine. still got um, Clark Harris or whatever his name is? Aaron Smodic, if that's his, how you pronounce Smodic, his name, who that. we were tempted with. So, yeah, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday were the ones they seem to be noticeably putting on on players and Ipswiches as well. Um, coming back to your point around the sort of structure of it, on, this isn't a dig at KR, but it seems to me KR is the type of manager who likes to sort of run the club from top to bottom as the old cliche kind of goes. And I wonder whether that slightly then rolls into other areas about not wanting to have as many others in the chain and therefore takes more stuff on and gets a hell of a lot of it right. But I, I can see your, your point, Jack, that there's maybe a time and maybe this takeover, our takeover, which hasn't happened yet, there's that instigates some sort of structural things. Um, I think the the other thing around that that kind of made it crop up in my brain was obviously he had his holiday to Spain, which is fine. I'm not saying he can't have a holiday, but it was it's a quote that was about, oh, I sat a lot on Zoom talking to players. And it's like, surely there is another body that can talk to players, perhaps face to face. Just as a, you know, I don't know. In in the past, under Appleton, obviously Mark Ashton did a lot of the work in terms of bringing players in, etc. Whereas at the minute, it feels like KR has to kind of go to Ireland, talk to a player, zoom a player. You know, I think manage, I managers know. like to say that as well. I mean, I think it's I'm not disagreeing. With you. They like to sort of say like, well, yeah, I was on holiday, but I was speaking to agents every minute. Um, but I, I agree. It's um, it probably helps us get some players because KR, I imagine, does a good pitch. But then, as you say, if he's having to do all of that stuff and missing other things, then who knows? But we're such speculation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Derby's the other one, local to you, Jack. They've been. They. We're not talking bring... about. We're not talking about Derby being. Full stop as they were the first fixture, which none of us can go to. So, I mean, I'm going fine. I'm very fun. excited. The rest of us are Connor, all... are you going? Derby, what's that, mate? Nope, I'm not quite back in oh. England for that. I'm back on the uh 7th of August, so I will be going to games from then onwards. Yeah, I have to thank other Jack, Jack Willows, for getting me a ticket earlier today. So, thanks, Jack. Um, <clears throat> What have they done signing wise? Though are they gonna are they where Bolton were when they just started rant, just going for it and pulling in all these? No, Derby have signed so far: Nathaniel Mendes Lang, Tom Barkhuizen from Preston, Connor Hurrihan, David McGoldrick, James Chester, James Collins, Joe Wildsmith, and Hayden Roberts. So basically, all players from a level or two above, and then two from Sheffield Wednesday. James Collins, the centre back, 
the striker oh. who scored loads for Luton. Okay, makes sense. The one that played for West Ham. Yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> He's come out of retirement. Um, okay, fair enough. All right, well, that sounds like that's going to be an interesting fixture. Um, you never know, though. The, the Ipswich effect, as others have said, could come into play, right? You just sign all these random players that different levels of motivation and fitness and everything else, and it just doesn't gel. So let's hope there's a bit of that going on. Um, Probably is a good time to play them. Yeah. Having just, having just moaned about it. Um, but from a it's important to win every game perspective, it is a good time to play Although, them. But we can, we can do that in the mega mega season preview pod. Which this isn't, because <laughs> we wouldn't have been talking about random crap for twenty minutes at the start. That's true. Did anything um, stand out to anyone on on the fixtures? It is weird that we're always away from home on the opening day of the season. When was the? I think it was was it six in a row or something? Um, yeah, I, 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 I took down Barnsley, Sunderland, Lincoln, and Cambridge recently, and then I think Oldham was before Barnsley. So there's at least five um, in a row where we've got. Um, got away fixtures but yeah should be good let's hope that we can pack out what what we've been allocated 2300 or something initially so hopefully it's good i can see jack like seething if anyone listening jack lives in derby (laughs) and he's away (laughs) at the point where we're playing derby um it's all right. There's only 45 other dates. Been. <laughs> I bet you couldn't believe it. I bet you cannot believe I, it. No, because no. Did you have that well, feeling where the... your heart like just folds in, sinks? It's horrible. Yeah. Well, I know someone who works at Derby, so they tipped me off just before it came through, and I was yeah not happy. Oh no. Should have rearranged uh, all of that. Poor what other geez. games are people excited about? <laughs> No one's bothered. I wanted Fits. I wanted to fi- fixture redraw. They're all like like Ipswich away, one I can normally go oh, to. Boxing Day, isn't Bloody it? Boxing Ipswich Day. Like, that's, a crap, that's a crap fixture, that is. Yeah, I think too far. For for me, it's basically every game because for the last well, for the last three years I've barely been able to go to any games because of either because of COVID and because I live over in Ireland. So I'm I'm just happy to be back in England and be able to go to, you know a fair few fixtures this year, which I just can't wait. I'm going to be living in Oxford again, so I'll be able to go to pretty much all the home games. So nice. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I think honest. for us, nor- for us Northerners, there was a lot of backloading of games, which was quite annoying because you go for like Lincoln, Morecambe, Peterborough, which is easy to get to from the North, Port Vale and Barnsley, all sequentially. They're all games that you can look at and probably go to from the North. It's just quite. They're all just backloaded into that section, so it could be good because it could be, it could be really competitive at that point in time. But yeah. Anyway, right. Um. So as John kind of alluded to, we'll do more of a season <clears throat> preview. Start looking at the Derby game next time we catch up. We'll probably have Tony on, who only actually did one pod with us last year, which was the opening pod. But he's done the the article for Oxford in the four four two magazine which includes his prediction so we'll get him on and we'll talk a bit about that um and yeah this has been much of rambles it's weird having mm. pods with no football games and we're an hour and 10 minutes in but I was, I was gonna say we live up to our standard of never getting anything under an hour yeah but you know, to get used to that for the rest of the season everyone there's not that much going on at the moment people need like fillers 
for their life. So that's what this it's is definitely, definitely one of them. filled. I was going to say, <laughs> definitely one of them. <laughs> right. Be safe, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.